Working Smarter, presented by Calabria, where we discuss contact center industry trends and best practices, as well as sharing success stories with pain points with some of the most innovative professionals in the industry. We're glad you're joining us to learn and grow together in order to provide world-class customer service to each and every one of our clients. My name is Dave Hookstra, product evangelist for Calabrio, and my guest today is Juanita Coley. Now, Juanita goes by many different monikers, and if you've been uh, on LinkedIn or Twitter or Facebook or any of the other millions of social uh, networks that are out there, you've probably seen her listed as many things. She is officially the founder of Solid Rock Consulting, where she does her thing across the world, but she's also kind of in a fun way known as the call center whisperer, or in my case, what I seem to be most interested in is she is known as that WFM girl, right? And so that is not a name that's going to, uh, that's, that is not going to peak a lot of ears outside our industry, but man, within it, uh, we are super excited to have Juanita here with us today. Hi, Juanita. How are things going today? I am living the dream, Dave. Thanks so much for having me. <laughs> Oh, uh, you know what? So let's talk right off the bat. What What is the dream for that WFM girl, right? When we, you know, just a bit of background on, on both of us. We, we have very similar kind of histories to get started. Uh, and we both, uh, we've both worn the headset in the call center. We've, we've both, Absolutely. you know, we've, we've, we've ground our way to the top, right? Let's, <laughs> or whatever we consider the top to be. But for that WFM girl, what does living the dream actually mean? You know, I'm glad you asked that question, right? Great question. So many times people ask me all the time. I've gotten this question a lot. Juanita, why are you so passionate about call center? Why are you so passionate about workforce management? And my answer is always the same. It's, it's, it's not that I'm so passionate about call center or I'm so passionate about workforce management. I'm passionate about people. Right. I'm passionate about making an impact. I'm passionate about um, connecting and creating great human experiences, which is why when we talk about CX and EX, I'm like, we really should be talking about human experience, HX. Right. Uh, and so living the dream for me really means I get to do that. I get to make an impact. I get to um, normalize women in tech. I get to normalize women in leadership roles. I get to talk about diversity. I get to talk about equity and inclusion. I get to sit here and talk with you like this is what I like to do. And I like to have conversations that spark an interest and impact change. And so for me, I'm living my dream. I'm living what I want to do uh, because I'm making impact. Well, uh, you know, it's funny. Uh, we, we talk a lot uh, to industry professionals uh, and, and we could be talking about, you know, someone who is, you know, the chief marketing officer of a large company, uh, or we could be talking about uh, the newly promoted intraday analyst at a call center with 12 agents, right? We, we could, we could be uh, in that, in that vast range of people. And, it's really fun to be able to give people the hope and the dream that there there's there could be more to this, right? And I'm sure you you get a lot of that in your day to day. Is you know how did you get to where you are, and how do I get to where you are, and those kind of things. And you know, so I, I would suppose uh, you know in talking about what we what, what you just mentioned, right? The living the dream. How did you get here, right? Uh, let's. I, I'm. I'm always fascinated to know the first question, right? I, the, this is the question that everybody is <laughs> interested in in a WFM standpoint: is how did you land in WFM? Because unfortunately, nobody. When we get asked in kindergarten what we want to be when we grow up, 
Nobody mm-hmm. says, well, I want to be a senior forecasting analyst for a medium-sized <laughs> contact center in the Midwest United States, right? Nobody says that. What? How did you How did you land into this WFM role? Well, first of all, I'm on a mission to change that, right, Dave? Okay. Like, I want kids all around the world to know that this is an industry that they can go into and it can be fun. It can be exciting, which is also one of the reasons I do TikToks, right? So, like, my right. kids are like, Mom, why are you on TikTok? Like, what are you doing with this Workforce Wendy character? It's because I want it to be fun. I want it to be relatable. I want it to be relevant, current, right? And, and you can't be what you can't see. And so, if our youth aren't seeing it, then they're not going to know that, hey, this is actually a career that I can do something in and make a wage. I can make a living and I can thrive and survive in this industry. But how I and so that's that's one of my whys. Right. right. Um, but how I got here was, you know, I was a teen mom. Many people hear, hear this story and I talk about it all the time so much so that people I've had people say, so do, are you advocating for teen, you know, pregnancy? I'm like, you can't be that you can't be that bright. Right. Like so, you know, but I say it, I say it all the time because it is my story and I want other women or you to know that, listen, if you make a, you know, a life decision, it doesn't have to be your end all be all. You can change. Right. You can change and be whatever it is that you want to be. It's going to cost you work. Right. You're going to have to put in work, but you can be whatever it is that you want to be as long as you put in the work. But, you know, I was a teen mom. Uh, my junior and senior year in high school, uh, I had what was called OJT, which is on the job training. Right. And so instead of having a class, a traditional class, uh, because I had already taken all my high school classes, I was working in a call center. I was a customer service rep. And so that was my introduction, one, to the call center space. I was a customer service rep. I had to provide for, you know, my daughter at the time. And um, I picked up a book that was laying around. It was a user manual, actually, is actually what it was. It was a user manual. It was called Blue Pumpkin. And we all know uh, nowadays what Blue Pumpkin is. Blue Pumpkin is now variant. And so I picked up that Blue Pumpkin book and I was like super intrigued. I don't know why. Call me crazy, but I'm I I love, you know, how things work. Right. And so I picked up this book and I was like, oh, my God, this tool helps you understand forecasting it helps you understand how many people you need you under you know and I understood that discipline later on in my career to be workforce management Mm -hmm. and so uh, I was really intrigued by the book and the user manual really and um, I said man I think I can do this and so I continued to be a call center rep at the time I was still a CSR for a couple years and a couple years later I got my chance to be in the workforce management department our second location which is where the workforce management team was housed which was in Sunrise Florida that office was closing and none of them wanted to move to the Maitland location and so I raised my hand and was like hey I think I can do this I had no idea what I was doing Dave like no idea right I just had read the user manual never had any really hands-on knowledge and to my surprise right my supervisor was like okay sure let her do it I was like so whatever gets her off my team right (laughs) right whatever whatever gets her to stop harassing me every day you know because I've always been that child or that person that is super inquisitive curious and I can do it. I can do it. My mom will tell you if you ever interviewed her, she'll tell you I was that baby that was like when she's trying to feed me. She's like, I was the one that was smacking the spoon away. Like, I can do it. I can do it. I can feed myself. Right. And so that's how I was in the call center. I was like, I can do it. I can do it. So they were like, yeah, let her do it. Uh, I did it. 
I started working in the workforce management department on just some entry level, like uh, intraday stuff and putting in adherence exceptions and all of that different stuff. And that is really what piqued my workforce management career. You know, my interest in workforce management, the discipline. I later went on to work in companies like United Healthcare, Walgreens, companies that you know, ones you don't know. And um, and that really started my career in workforce management. You know, I feel like the story that you told is we have a lot of similarities between the way we got into this right between uh between us and how wfm kind of impacted our lives you know i haven't told everybody this but i'm actually in that weird category where my dad was the wfm guy in the call center that i got my start in and yeah and it's funny because this was before i really had a concept of what wfm was uh, the, you know, it was working at a customer service, uh, call center and my dad, I got my dad hired there as an agent, right? You know, referral bonuses, right? Those are always <laughs> super important. And, uh, he, uh, he, he, he was on the phones for a few years and then got a promotion to be kind of the scheduling analyst, right? And it was with IEX. And this was back in the days where they had to print up the schedule and walk it and put it onto your desk every day. Um, And I I still really didn't have a strong concept of what workforce management was. I was just, I mean, I was, gosh, 19, uh, you know, and, and, and taking calls. It was just a job at that point and uh, went through a few different phases. And it it was actually, I went on a, uh, an interview to be a trainer at a different call center here in the, Dallas Fort Worth area. And I sat down in the interview and the VP who was hiring looked at across the room, across the desk at me and said, I don't see you as a trainer. I'm like, I'm, like, I'm a good trainer. You, you don't have any idea. First of all, you don't know said, my life. Actually, <laughs> that's right. And, 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 but she said, we're starting up this thing called the command center where we do the scheduling. And I was really at that point in my life, like, a a job and a raise I'm in whatever whatever it is and I actually ended up getting that job and very similar to what you were talking about uh, I got in and started looking at what they were doing and it this was with TCS so if we want to really go old Mm. school and I can Mm. show my age there um, (laughs) and and the the scary part was it was old at the time right it was it was it was old then it was the old uh, yeah (laughs) Yeah, it was old then, so you can really tell. Um, and started working through some of the processes, and I really ended up enjoying it. It took me a few years to really understand why I enjoyed it, though. And you said this on the very at the very outset of our conversation. It was actually the people element. I was terrible at math in in school. I hated math. You couldn't, I mean, I literally looked for a college major that didn't have any math classes <laughs> because I just knew that that would be the end of me. And what I realized was that the math, the math was not so difficult that I it, it, the concepts made sense in my head. But what I really enjoyed was working with the people. Mm. I loved being able to tell people, yes, you can have this day off. Yeah, I loved, you know, being being the hero of who wants to go home early, right? I loved the, the, <laughs> the it was the perfect blend between the two. And that was what I really, really enjoyed about it. And then it was only a few years later that someone noted, mentioned to me, you do know, so you're like second generation WFM. And I was 
I was like, oh my gosh, I actually am. Like, I didn't even realize that. And so I tell people all the time, it's not like my dad sat me down on the fireplace and was like, son, someday this will all be yours. <laughs> I, that didn't happen to me. But, uh, but it, you know, it. it was really a, it really a great thing. And to, to even pull back the curtain a little bit farther, my son, who is now in his uh. mid-20s, is working for a scheduling company. Now, it's not what you and I would refer to as WFM. Still. But just like you were saying, um, we, we, we were trying to create this excitement and this generational approach to... Yes. It's not even just WFM or right. call centers or anything like that. It's the excitement that... You know, to, to quote one of my favorite books, there are other worlds than these, right? And uh, and that's what's really exciting about it. And so, um, as you are going through your journey, um, did you have that moment, or was was there a moment where you realized this is more than just a job for me? This is this is what I want to do. Yeah, um, you know, I think that moment for me was when I understood beyond the technology, right? When I really begin to dig into the discipline of it all, like, oh, mm -hmm. this is how this connects to this. And this is the impact that this makes on this. And if we don't have enough people, then people are holding. And if people are holding, then they're not getting what they need. And like, once I understood the discipline of it all, and it wasn't just, oh, we fill in this sheet or we, we, we push this button to do X, Y, and Z, then I understood the bigger picture. And for me, I actually, so my first book, I, I've, I've written a book and it's called The Corporate Playbook. And that corporate playbook is actually geared towards helping startups and small businesses with their business, start their business, run their business. But guess what I'm using? I'm using the WFM discipline. Right. I'm talking about raw right. data and why you need the data to be able to put a business plan together. And I'm likening the discipline of workforce management to running a business and where you use that discipline in your business. And so like that moment for me was when I understood how it impacts the greater scheme of even just life workforce management. I use it in, in my entire life. If, if we're doing something in a house as a house project, I'm thinking workforce management. Okay. Like what resources do I need? How many people do oh, I need? My, How much is this going to cost? My wife stand that because <laughs> any, anytime there's ever a project in the house is workforce. I'm like, Excel spreadsheets. Let's go. Yes. Like we're, we're, we're opening those up and, and I'm, I'm, I'm like, uh, what formulas do we need? Uh, right. Do we need to concatenate anything? Because right. uh, this, this, this is really important. Right. And, and, and I, I, I can appreciate that quite a bit. Right. It's, I it, found my where, people. <laughs> yeah, it, exactly. Right. And the, the ability for us to look at things with a database approach, but it's about the people, right? right? It's about that, and 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 you can have you can have the best financials in the world, the best spreadsheets, the best you know QuickBooks, all all kind of stuff. But if you don't have those passionate, driven people working yes. for you, and 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 you're taking care of them, and again, that's what I always found about WFM to be the exciting part was taking care of the people and and helping them and you know unfortunately WFM means saying no quite often but you know you and I have talked about this before if you educate the people that are impacted by the decision on the why 
you know, and I, I think you think you could say a few things about the why uh, the you know, that that is really the driving part. And what I found to be a challenge and let's let's talk about this for a little bit. What I found to be a challenge is that. We both had our awakening that that maybe aha moment, and you've probably had mm-hmm. many of them over your over your career. Um, how do we get people who haven't had their aha moment yet to have that moment? How what what can we do to help these the relative newbies to our practice understand? what that impact, the power of one. I know at SWPP, they like to talk about the Penny power Riddles, of one yeah. quite a bit. Uh, and, and so what what can we do to help them find that aha moment? Well, I think it goes back to <clears throat> one, identifying the right people for the roles, right? Every Everybody isn't the right person for the role. Just like everyone isn't an entrepreneur, every person isn't an entertainer, every person like, so you can't force a person into a role that they just aren't, they're not a good fit for, right? And then the second thing is once we have identified the right person for the role, education. Education, education, education is really important. You have to educate them beyond the system, right? The system is great. We need the tool, whether that's, you know, Calabrio, whether that's whatever that system is that you're using in your environment, we need that, but we need that to layer on top of the discipline, right? We need that to layer on top of the people in the processes because that's where we get our scalability from. But we understand that we can do WFM, the discipline without a tool, right? We can do the discipline of it all on pens and, and paper and scratch pad, right? But we le- we leverage tools so that we can scale. We can be able to do big call centers. We can be able to automate processes. And so- how we get people passionate or how we get people to wrap around to that aha moment is one, make sure you have people that are in the role that are a fit for the role. And then two, we make sure that we educate them beyond the uh, solution of press this button, do this because we've always done it this way, but we actually educate them on the discipline of it all. This is why we do it and the impacts because then we create people who are thinkers. We don't want just people who are, um, button button pressers, right? We want people who are thinkers to think outside of the box. Like, okay, yeah, we've always done it this way, but what about if we turn this just a three sixty or, or a one eighty angle or degree? What about if we turn this this way? Can we do it this way? We want those people and those people because they understand the discipline. Then they will come around full circle to being able to take us to that next level in in, in the discipline in our organizations. Isn't it crazy, though? I have noticed this. Uh, and so for those of you who might be listening, who are in this in this category, this might be your aha moment. But it's often not until we get beyond what WFM does in the day to day that we realize that the, the, the discipline is the important part and not the not the software. Right. It's so many times you have to be away from it for a little while. Um, one of the things that I consistently tell people is, guys, there's no rule book. There's no law that says you have to do things this way, right? Like you said, you know, it's so easy for us to say, think outside the box. Sure, just stop thinking like normal. And, and not everybody can do that. And I mean, even people that are good at that can't just force themselves to think outside the box. But Sometimes it's about stepping away and realizing, you know, 
that uh, that awakening moment. I think I had it in my career where I just went, why is our service level target 80-30? I don't know. Right. Right. Because we hear that all the time where, oh, we have to hit 80-30 or we have to, why? Like, yeah. How, who has made that number? How do we know that that's the customer's acceptable tolerance to service? Like, right. how do we, have we asked customers, you know, you know, because I'm sure if we ask <laughs> customers, they're going to say, answer me right away. Right. So how do we come to 80, 30? You know, right. exactly. how do we even know that they want phone? You know, it may be email. It may be chat. It may be what's their desired channel, you know? So like, I think we have to, and, and which is why. <laughs> One of the things on my resume, Dave, as I was, you know, when I worked in organizations, it always said, don't hire me um, if you don't want to wire, you know, why? Because I'm always asking why, right? And that's literally what was on my resume, right? And um, I think that intrigued people more than anything. But, but yeah, I'm always asking why. And I think we should, we should encourage that in our organizations instead of, um, thinking that is a person that's insubordinate or difficult to deal with, encourage people to ask why. Why do we do this? Yeah, if you if you're listening to this podcast and you cannot right now answer the question why is your service level or why is your ASA or why is your 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 CSAT score set at an exact level, I want you to reach over to your phone, push the pause button right now. Don't worry, we'll still be here when you get back, and go ask that question. Why is our service level target this? Why is our ASA target this? Why is our CSAT score this? And because if you cannot answer that question, you have an arbitrary goal set up and I'm, I'm lecturing and I'm on a soapbox, but I've seen it so (laughs) many times. Like if you start to ask those questions, you will start to really understand what we're talking about, about the discipline versus the button pressing and the lever pulling. Right. Absolutely. It's so so much fun. Did you, did you ever have any of those aha moments? Did it get anything you can think of specifically? Oh man, that was one of them, right? I was always, why, like, why do we have to meet this? How do we know that this is the right, like I said, the tolerance of service level? Like, is there a dollar? And and I got my answer from, you know, from my, like, well, this is a dollar that every, when we don't hit this metric, this is what we are, you know, uh, spending out, you know? And so I was able to get the answer, which made me, it prompted me to ask other questions, right? So I, mm-hmm. it's just, it's a never ending why with me. I'm always going to be whying, right? Um, and so, yeah, I had a lot of those moments. Why do we update adherence? Like that was one of one of them. I'm like, why are we going oh. back and updating schedules? Like, why don't we just move the threshold? Okay, right. we, we, we don't want to talk too much about that because that is the rite of passage for a WFM person. <laughs> like that, that's, that's, that's when a boy becomes a man, when a girl becomes a woman, right? It's, that, is, that is the moment where we say, wait, what am I doing, right? And so you, right. you have to be careful. We don't want to lead people to that. They have to discover that on their own, right? right? This is you, like, you can this make is, the numbers say what you want them to say, you yeah. know, like if, 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 if that's the case, then we just, make, you, get a, you get a 90, you get a 90, you yeah, know, exactly. like everybody gets a 90. I, I remember talking with agents and, and, and they're coming to me going, Dave, I got a hundred yesterday. And I'm like, yeah, great job. Uh, the, just why, why are we doing this to ourselves? <laughs> Guys, if you, if you, if you're, if you're spending your whole day updating adherence and exceptions, this is a huge why, right? This is, this is where you need to graduate to the next level of WFM because th- this is where things go a little bit crazy. Uh, but I will say one of my aha moments that I had was 
when I realized I wasn't alone in this, mm. in this, mm. in this idea, right? Um, I had been working, you know, I had done the, the, the story I told earlier was for a BPO and I had been doing WFM for this BPO for five or six years and just killing myself trying to uh, create new Excel spreadsheets with formulas that tried to answer the questions we couldn't answer through the tool, which was a lot back then. Uh, <laughs> you know, the trying to solve, uh, you know, adherence issues, exception issues, uh, trying to figure out, you know, uh, FTE calculations that just didn't make any sense. And, and, and then there was that aha moment um, when I realized I'm not the only person in the world doing this. And there are there are tools out there for me to use, and it was it was like the the heavens parted, and you know the you know I saw light for the first time because it was so weird. I was just so used to doing things on my own that I had never really contemplated that. And so, one of the things that I know that you are pretty passionate about is giving tools and resources that can help people not just understand that they're doing this alone, but help get, help them reach. A, a level of this to where they realize that a lot of these problems have been solved before. So I'm curious when, when people ask you, how do I get started? Right? I see posts online all the time. Like I just got, I just got promoted from my job as a CSR to intraday analyst one at, at insert call center name here. And, uh, where do, was there anywhere I can go for information? Uh, so if somebody asks you that kind of question, where do you, where, where do you tell them to go? Uh, well, one, I'm always, I'm a huge advocate of SWPP, like a society of workforce planning professionals. Absolutely love the organization. And, um, I'm, I actually belong to the organization is, is ran by Vicki Harrell. Uh, and, and, Oh, Vicki was a guest on the podcast last year. Oh, she is amazing. She's amazing. 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 I can't say enough good stuff about her, Penny Reynolds, every, all of them that are over there that are, you know, on the board and helping to run the organization. I was just speaking at the annual conference this year and it was amazing. The, my session was, uh, your WFM solution alone can't save you. Uh, so I, I, I love talking about workforce management, of course, obviously. And, uh, so we had an amazing time. She, they do an annual conference every year, right. In Nashville, so huge it's a huge event, very so much information, but then they also have just resources of information you can get. Um, I'm always just reading information. We also at Solid Rock, we have a course that we have coming out that is like basically WFM for beginners. So if you're wanting to understand more about WFM, whether it's career pathing, the discipline of it in and of itself, what you should be on the lookout for. These are things that we're talking about in the self-paced course. So that should be dropping uh, sometime around September. So I'm super, super, super excited about about that uh, e-course is self-paced. You can take it at your at your own leisure. Uh, I also follow uh, Shiva. Uh, he has a uh, global workforce management form. Uh, I think it's called the Global Institute of Workforce Management. Uh, so I'll uh, let me see if I can find it real quick. I think it's uh, Global Institute of WFM. Yeah. Uh, so you can find that group on LinkedIn as well. So uh, those are some of the resources that I, I use. Yeah. And, you know, we talk a lot about these certifications that are out there and certifications can be a great way to kind of get your foot in the door. But don't you, I, I, my advice to people is don't feel like you have to get it right. There, there's no uh, 
Trust me, as someone who has spent many a many an afternoon looking for the right person to uh, to to handle a workforce management position, um, I would much rather find somebody with an analytical and inquisitive mind yes. than I would somebody who has a bunch of certifications yes. that really don't get used. Yes, yeah, because a lot of times in the industry, what I've found, Dave, is that I do a lot of uh, unlearning. <laughs> you know, it's like stop. <laughs> Stop saying that. Stop. That's just utterly wrong. Right. Or Mm -hmm. yes, we did that 10 years ago because of why the reason we had to do that is because we didn't have this right or we didn't have this understanding. So uh, I'm doing a lot of unlearning with people a lot of times. And when I go into organizations like, please stop saying that. (laughs) Yep. And 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 that but that's the important thing, too, is, is that for those of you that are getting your start in this industry and learning things, obviously, you're going to learn the vast majority of information from the people who have preceded you in the position. Right. You're going to be taught things. Um, but please don't make that the only way that you learn about what it is we do and why we do it. Um, there are, you know, there are some great resources out there. There's a great, uh, some great podcasts that are popping up. The WWFM podcast is actually one that's uh, pretty, pretty interesting. Um, there's these institutes for WFM, what, what Solid Rock is doing, right? There's some really good information that's out there. And SWPP, I mean, I've, I've been a part of SWPP for a long time as well. And it's, there's so many good resources out there and so many people that are willing to help. And I will tell you, I have many times over my career been pinged on LinkedIn. Hey, Dave, can I ask you a few questions about WFM? And I've never turned anyone down and neither would Juanita, right? These are, these are things that as the WFM community, we are strongly passionate about, about enabling and helping others who, but you, you, you have to ask for it. I cannot go online and find a struggling forecast analyst who lives, <laughs> right. uh, you know, in Nebraska. I, I, I can't do that. I need that person to reach out to me. And so if you're hearing this and you feel like we, any one of us could be of service, please find us. We're on LinkedIn. We're not that hard to find. We're pretty visible people. <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely on so, LinkedIn and TikTok and Instagram. Yeah, and All TikTok, the that's right. So, <laughs> so Juanita, this has been amazing. I, I feel like... Honestly, I'm a little nervous because I feel like we could go for another two hours, which some <laughs> some people would find pretty interesting, but I don't know if everybody would. But um, I have really appreciated you spending time and, and kind of uh, giving us your perspective on this. And I feel like there's a lot more to uncover. So we'll, we'll probably have to have you back at some point to, yeah. to, to hit another area. But um, I'm I'm very thankful. So real quick, before we get out of here, uh, give us a little bit what's coming up for you uh, in the relatively near future. And, you know, what have, what have you got planned? Anything super exciting? Oh, Dave, <laughs> <laughs> I have so many things that are coming up that I'm super excited about. Um, the, you know, so I'm on this tour because I'm running for Miss Corporate America. You guys already know that. Or if you don't know now, you know, right. I'm running for Miss Corporate America. Women come from all over to for to talk about whatever their platform is. And mine just happened to be normalizing women in tech and leadership roles uh, and workforce management roles. And so I'm super passionate about that. And so that is happening in Orlando, Florida, June 23rd through the 25th. Uh, so I'm super excited about that. 
I'm also super passionate just about, you know, we're going into season four of Call Center Chronicles, which is a show that I have that airs on LinkedIn and on YouTube on Tuesday. So we're headed into season four of that. So I have some amazing guests that are lined up. So you got to tune in to find out who they are uh, and and just keep following me. And um, I, I promise you, I won't I won't disappoint. So is that is that the best place to find Juanita LinkedIn or is there a, a, a website? So Juanita has a website, right? I love when people talk about me in third person, <laughs> right? <laughs> uh, 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 Juanita But then you can also find me on all the social platforms on LinkedIn. If you connect with me on LinkedIn, you'll probably find me everywhere because uh, I cross promote my YouTube channel there, my TikTok page, the business page, all of all of the pages lead back to LinkedIn. All right. Well, guys, you can tell Juanita is a busy, busy lady who spends a lot of time making sure that great information gets out there, which is the big reason why we wanted to have her on. So Juanita, thank you so much for your time today. Appreciate it. I'm sure our listeners are. And we are super excited to get this episode out into the stratosphere for us. But uh, appreciate the time. And uh, we really look forward to what's next for Juanita. So uh, hopefully we'll get a chance to catch up again real soon. But thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much, Dave, for having me. And I got to work on this second generation workforce management in my in my home. I, I, I love that. So thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. And uh, to our listeners, thank you again for giving us the time. Uh, as always, we're, we're, we're excited. This has been the Working Smarter Podcast presented by Calabrio. My name is Dave Hookstra. Thanks to our guest, Juanita Coley, that WFM girl, uh, amongst other titles. We really appreciate it. And everybody have a fantastic rest of your day. And we will talk to you soon on the Calabrio's Working Smarter Podcast. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, everybody.